Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to Anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband! Wife! 
Do you know what we're doing today? Uh, we're doing the wrap-up for Second Samuel? Yeah, kind of. Um, normally we do, like, a summary and um, a pop quiz. Right. And I'm breaking up tradition this oh, time. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd do, like, a recap of First and Second Samuel and, um, you know, talk about, like, what parts we forgot and... Because it's one long story. Right, and right. it broke at a really odd place. Okay. So. Um, just to touch on some things here, we're not doing our contradictions today. No, we're doing those tomorrow. Right, so there'll be two episodes tomorrow, not today. Along with um, Sacrilegious Book Club. Right, right. And the weekly wrap-up. Yes. Or whatever, replay. replay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that's all the notes I've got for today. So we're yeah. ready to go ahead and get into the, the episode here? Let's do it. All right. Okay, so I know we did an intro to First Samuel, and then we did another intro to... Second Samuel. Yeah. And um, we got into the, some of the history of the books, but those were both forever ago. Right. So, um, just as a reminder, according to Jewish tradition, the book of Samuel, which is First Samuel and Second Samuel. Right. Um, it was broken into two, but was originally one big long piece. And according to Jewish tradition, it was originally written by Samuel with additions by the prophets Gad and Nathan. Because obviously Samuel dies. Right. <laughs> and, a while back. But those three are considered prophets. Okay. Okay. So yep. Samuel, because he was raised from the dead. Okay. And then Gad and Nathan. So right. it's a big deal. Okay. And um, First Chronicles is um which um sorry i was going through um sam king con that's how i remember oh, okay. this um first and second samuel and then comes first and second kings but when we get to first chronicles yeah it apparently is an account of david's reign okay so i think i mentioned that before but it's just worth repeating because um it, it's all very <laughs> confusing and sure and back and forthy yep so um just another reminder um samuel was the final judge right which you know from the the time period of the judges, judges right yeah. right before the age of kings begins and that's what this period is called the age of kings okay so in samuel's old age he appoints his sons as judges right but because of their corruption the people ask for a king to rule over them. Only God and Samuel didn't like that very much. Well, apparently God was like, whatever, I guess. Okay. And Samuel was like, but that's dumb. And in spite of um, Samuel's misgivings, um, God directs Samuel to grant the people their wish. Right. But I still felt like he was like, you're going to regret this type thing. Yeah, but he also told them... You know, it's stupid, but listen, as long as you guys behave, don't um, worship false idols and follow every single rule to the, you know, to a T, right. you'll be fine. Yeah. But, of course, they don't. Right. So, and of I mean, course, never. they're not. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, to be fair, nobody ever follows any rules to the, you know. No. I mean, that's just saying, let's life. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so God gives them Saul from the tribe of Benjamin, whom yep. Samuel then anoints. A spear-throwing motherfucker. Spear-throwing motherfucker. Yeah. Saul, of course, disobeys Yahweh's instructions more than once. Yep. And his kingdom is in a constant state of war. Right. And it's just bad all the way around. Right. So Samuel rebukes Saul and tells him that God has now chosen another man to be king instead. Right. So God tells Samuel to anoint David, the youngest son of Jesse, as king. Right. Okay. Um, and the summary that I was pulling from really managed to gloss over a lot of the discrepancies and I'm sure. <laughs> and they did it they did it masterfully. Yeah. Um because this is the way it's phrased. Saul becomes ill and David comes to play the harp for him. Saul takes a liking to David and David enters Saul's court as his armor bearer and harpist. Well that's a nice way to put uh he all that was shit that gonna happened. be made king, but then he wasn't but then he was, but then he was again. Right, yeah. 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 So And not to mention like Saul was like, I'm gonna kill you, I'm not gonna kill you, I'm gonna speed you, I'm gonna kill you, I'm yeah. gonna whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I just I'm fucking I psychotic, that was you know. Really interesting little right. wrap up there. Yeah. Um during a war against the Philistines, a champion named Goliath emerges mm-hmm. and David slings a stone into Goliath's forehead, Goliath dies, and David cuts off Goliath's head with Goliath's sword. Awesome. Goliath killer and, who's not actually david but whatever it's right, david exactly exactly um saul becomes jealous of david after the israelites start singing about how much more successful david is well he did kill tens of thousands and he only killed yeah. his thousands so yeah yep. you, you gotta kill song. more people you know you you gotta do it right yeah so david joins the philistines out of fear of saul but makes the philistines believe he is attacking the israelites right i forgot all that yeah because it was so long ago. Right. Eventually, the Philistines go to war with the Israelites, and David goes with them. But meanwhile, Saul is growing increasingly anxious about the upcoming battle, but he can't get any words from God. Right. So that's when he visits the Witch of Endor. Yeah. And he contacts Samuel from beyond the grave. Right. Which right. Is thereby makes Samuel a prophet. Sure. So Samuel reveals that the Philistines will win the battle. With Saul and his sons dying in the process. Right. So, which, like, if you trusted in that process, mm-hmm. why would you even go to fucking battle? I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't. I'd be like, I'd just be like, oh. okay, you know what? I'm going to move to another land. Womp womp. Or I'm out. You know? <laughs> yep. Like, I'm done. Change of plan, guys. So, yeah. David can have the fucking land. Yep. Yep. I don't need all this. Right. When Saul is wounded during a raging battle, he asks his armor bearer, to run a sword through him rather than let him be captured by the Philistines. Hmm, you're but right. then he does it himself when the armor bearer refuses. Right. Okay. Yeah. Except no, for that. Right. Except for that the guy then takes his crown. Remember well, there, there's the. The Philistines find Saul and behead him. Right. Sending his head one way and his armor the other. And then when the citizens of Jabesh Gilead hear what has happened... They take Saul's body and perform funerary rites in their city. Mm. But don't you remember there was the guy that brought David I'm, Saul's head? I'm getting to or that. Or crown, not not his head, his crown. I'm getting to that. Okay. Yeah. That is actually the end of First Samuel. Okay. Okay? Yep. It seems like it was much shorter and more succinct than Second Samuel, which is just crazy because it seemed awfully long when we were reading it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
So David receives news from an Amalekite messenger that Saul and his sons are dead. David orders his death for having killed God's anointed. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so right. that's what happened. Right. So dude is like, I'm going to get prize and isn't it great? Yeah. And David's like, not so much. Even yeah. though he was trying to kill me, he was still God's anointed king. Right. But they also, that that's one of those contradictions that we mm-hmm. came across because... David says that he killed him, but it was actually like this according to the Bible. Guy. Well, no, the the in the one part, David or uh, Saul fell on his own sword. Oh, right, right, and right. And then right. when he goes to see David, David's like, "No, nah, you killed him." And yeah. It's like, well, I mean, did he though? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all very confusing, right? But the whole reason that um, they make a point of saying that David was like, "No." Um, I can't ever kill Saul ever, even though he's trying to kill me, is because they're trying to make him out to be purposely righteous and and justified to the crown. Since, Except that he had many, many, many flaws. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, totally. I mean, if you wanted to make him be righteous, wouldn't you make him be righteous? Well, they didn't mean a righteous man. They meant righteously granted the power to be king. Got it. He came by the crown honestly. Okay. He didn't kill anybody to get it, and he didn't, um, you know, take advantage or step on anybody to get where he got. Got it. He was a dick, definitely. He was a dick bag as a person. So they didn't want to, they basically went out of their way to make it, make sure that it didn't sound like he usurped Saul's kingship. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, um... The elders of Judah then anoint David as king. Okay. Right? Yep. But Saul's son, Ishbosheth, was supported by Abner. Right. Who had taken control of the northern tribes. Mm. And so Joab's brother, Asael, um, chases Abner. Yep. And Abner kills him, which shocks everybody because that wasn't supposed to happen. Got it. So Ishbosheth then accuses Abner of sleeping with Saul's concubine, Rispa. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So Abner offers to join David because he's like, I did not, fuck you. Fine, I'll just take my toys and go play at the other house. But then Joab was like, nah, man. Right. You're Which, not doing this shit. But David accepts um, accepts this offer. Yeah, right, totally right. come to me as long as he brings Michael with him because um, he had fallen in love with and married um, uh, Saul's daughter, Michael. Right. And so, following the return of Michael, Abner agrees to get the elders of Israel to make David the king. Got it. And we're getting to Joab doing a murder. Right, right. Joab believes Abner was lying in his purpose of coming to David and kills him. So, that's the first murder. Right. There's two more coming. Yeah. And it's important that we remember this because later on in one of the... I don't know, Kings or Chronicles or some shit. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, Joab? No, 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 David? no, no. David is going to tell his son Solomon. Yeah. Um, don't, whatever you do, don't let Joab go to his grave okay, because he's got blood on his hands, just so you know. Oh. Like, that's a thing that... Wow. Is, yeah. So there was some contention there. Right. That we don't read about here, but apparently right. he's going to tell his son, I'm not telling you what to do, I'm just saying. Right, right. So, you know, deal with him however you want, but he killed a lot of people in his time that I didn't tell him to kill. Right. 
So, yeah, these add up. Got so it. I'm glad that we made note of that last time so that I could pay attention to them as we're going through this. Sure. So, um, yeah, so they then buried... Um, okay, wait, sorry, I lost my place here. <laughs> okay, so he um, Joab killed um, Abner yep. in revenge for a sale. Got it. Okay? Yep. And then Ishbosheth is murdered by two of David's captains, and they bring his head to David. Yeah. Hoping for a reward. Right. But David is like, fuck you, I didn't tell you to do that. And so he kills them for right. having killed an innocent man. Because I think they killed him in his bed. Right. Or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so Ishbosheth's head is then buried in Abner's tomb. Got it. I think these would make a really great movie, if I'm being honest. Yeah? Yeah. Like, this is interesting. Like, it, and it's hard for me to keep all the people straight because there's too many names. I don't really want these to be made into a movie, though, because, like, they'd say it would yeah. be taken, they would be a religious movie. Yeah, I and don't not, want... not, like, a historical movie. Yeah, I don't so. want that. I want, like, a really cool drama that I can follow and, like, understand the character's motives, like some kind of a HBO or Netflix thing. Right. But not with, like, a Christian spin to try to, like, convince me, you know, oh, God, and... The magic and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want that part. It would be really cool if we were, like, past Christianity. Yeah. Like, you know how we are with, like, you know, Zeus and the whole... Exactly. You know, like, we can look back and be like, yeah, let's, ha let's have some fun stories with those things, right? Exactly. Like, we can make movies about the Greek gods and it's fine. Yeah. And you don't feel like there's some agenda... Right. ...hidden there. Right. I don't need no Christian agenda in my dramas. Right. So, the only other surviving member of Ishbosheth's family is... Do you remember... Um, is this Meshibeth? Whatever yes. his name is? Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Jonathan's disabled son. Right. And I think that it was um, Jonathan and David's son. Except that there was then seven sons that they killed later. Well, they're not, um, they're not Ishbosheth's sons. They're his other, like, brother's sons or whatever. Got it. And I just realized you said Jonathan and David's son, and that was funny, but I didn't <laughs> That was I didn't funny. Sorry. I know. You rolled right over it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's their baby. Right. Yeah. But he's got, he got dropped, so he's got crippled feet. Poor guy. Yeah. So David's anointed king of all Israel. Yay! He's Yay. the king. King is king. Right. So then David captures Jerusalem from the Jebusites and takes over the fortress of Zion. Yay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess that's good. Whatever. I mean, yeah. Uh, he didn't hold on to it very long, though. No. No. So. So David then wants to bring the ark from Kariath-Jerim. Right. To Jerusalem. And so he puts it on a cart. Right. And that guy, like, you know, had to study it and then it. died. Yeah. yeah. He employs the priest Uzzah and Ahio to accompany it. And a grand procession with musical instruments is organized. But it comes <laughs> to a sudden halt when the oxen stumble. Yeah. And then Uzzah touches the ark and dies, like you said. He right. He melts. Because God didn't want him to do that. Yeah. I think you said that he, like, punched God in the balls accidentally. Yeah. Well, on that episode I did, yeah. 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 That would be funny. That would be funny. So David is afraid to take it any further. <clears throat> yeah. And so he stores it with Obed-Adam. Right. And... Um, it stays there for three months, and that family gets nothing but blessings. So then David's like, whew, I guess we're safe to take it right. back to Jerusalem Yeah, I'll take now. that from you now. Yeah, yeah. No, no more blessings for you guys. I want Jeez. some blessings. 
So as part of the ceremony bringing the Ark into the city, David dances like a fucking loon. Right, and all the women are like, ooh. Because he's swinging his dick around because right. he's not wearing anything but his ephod. <laughs> so he's like, the boop boop doop boop doop Right, and but as they call him, Michael's very not happy about this. She's like, the fuck are you doing, weirdo? Right. But David's like, I wasn't dancing for you, I was dancing for God, so fuck off. Mm. And um, I wasn't being undignified, so eat my ass. And then um, Michael never gets to have any kids after that. Right, yeah. May or may not be related to the fact <laughs> that she was irritated. It right. may or may not be that he he decided not to fuck her because she made fun of him. Yeah. You yeah. know, who right. could know? Right. So David wishes to build a temple saying that um, it's not cool that the Ark of God that, you know, here's David living in a fucking palace, yeah. you know, in a city of David named after him. God needs something similar. And God lives in a tent. Right. Which, I mean, that sounds right. I mean, God told them to build the fucking tent, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But then Nathan, a prophet, agrees. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But that night, Nathan has a dream in which God informs him that David should not build him a temple. Right. For three reasons. Okay. Do you remember the reasons? I don't, I do not. First of all, God never commanded it. So, he's like, it's none of your business. I never complained about it. You're the one with the fucking problem. Right. Ephod wiener dancer. Yeah. Second, God is still working to build David and his house up to establish the Israelites in the promised land. I'm not sure what that has to do with. That doesn't really necessarily mean anything there, but okay. That was just, it was a reason given in the summary. I guess he's like saying like, my palace is can't be complete i have to still live in a tent because you guys aren't done yet right right so like symbolism blah 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 sure which boring (laughs) so thirdly god will establish one of david's sons as king who will build the temple and his house will never be out of power so that kind of goes along with the second symbol blah 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 okay like um until israel is ready for me to live in a palace yeah like, I am only going to live in a tent. Like, God, you're weird. Right. You know? Yeah. So, Nathan reports this to David, and then David prays to God, thanking him, and he's happy, yay. Sure. Because he's like, oh, then I, fine, won't build you a fucking palace. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. No fucking skin off my nose, stupid. Right. Less work I gotta do. Exactly. So then David asks around if anyone else from the house of Saul is still alive so he can show kindness to them in memory of Jonathan. Right. And then um, Ziba, one of Saul's servants, tells him about Mephibosheth. Right. And, and we were like, what the fuck about, what about Michael, man? Yeah. Like, she's part of that house. She's a girl. Girls don't count. I know, I know. He he wants to help a dude real bad. Yeah. Plus, he's in love with David, or with uh, Jonathan. Sure. And so he was just hoping, like, to pass on... His love of Jonathan to one of Jonathan's kids. Right, right. So Mephibosheth gets to move in to the fucking castle and eat at his table and have all of his lands worked for him. Right. So that's awesome. Yep. And then Nahash, king of Ammon, dies. And his son, Hanon, I keep wanting to say Hunan, like the (laughs) Hunan house that we order. We used to order Chinese food from. Right. But no, it's not Hunan, it's Hanon. Right. Um, then David sends his condolences. Do you remember this? No. But they're like, yeah, right. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's so where then, they shave the guy's beard, half beard. And, and make them walk around with their pants off. Right, right, yeah. To show off their circumcised dicks. Yeah. 
And, yeah, so they get made fun of. But then they die for making fun of people. Pretty much. Because when David hears this, he sends Joab to lead his own army to their city. And then the Ammonites are in battle formation. But the Arameans flee from Joab, causing the Ammonites to also flee. Because uh, remember, Joab had split up his army into three. Right. And he's like, whoever, um, you know, fights, whoever needs help, one one of the other armies will go help the others. Right. But it turns out that they all fucking ran away. Sure. So the Arameans realize they can't win. So they make peace with Israel and then refuse to help the Ammonites ever again. Got it. And the following spring, Joab destroys the Ammonites. Boom. Right, that'll he show him. blows them up. Yep. While Joab is off at war, David remains home in Jerusalem. And what does he do? Uh, collects more wives, probably. Oh, no, that's why. That's where Bathsheba happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's standing on the roof of his palace, and he sees a naked woman performing her post-period ablutions. Right. Cleaning up, you know, yep. making herself holy. Right. And he learns her name is Bathsheba, and they have sex. Yeah, they do. I think that he rapes her, but... Right, I mean, yeah. It doesn't say one way or the other, but I am pretty Given the times, given how things were back then. Yeah. I mean, even if she agreed to it, like, it's not exactly like she had a choice. Right. So. But, like, I know we've talked about this already, but they just make it seem like this is one of the greatest love stories, and it's like... Right. No, it's actually not. There was even a 1951 movie about the... I know. We still still gotta watch that shitty thing. We do, but I just... I don't know. There's too much good shows on right now. Right. i got to watch the Orville, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, anyway, they have sex, and she becomes pregnant. Yep, she does. So... And David does not want to uh, disclose this information. Nope. He's like, all. I don't want to have a baby. So, he call, recalls Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. Right. And um, he's like, hey... Um, don't you want to go home and see your wife? Time for you to go have sex to make her pregnant. And he's like, nah, man, I gotta get back to my friends out there to help them. Yeah, so he sleeps in the doorway to the palace because he's like, you might need me because we're at all these wars all the right, time. Right, right. So then in spite of inviting him to all these feasts and stuff, right. trying to get him drunk and... Multiple times. Multiple times. Uriah is just, he's a good man and a good husband because he's like, nope, nope, nope. Yep. He can't go home. I'm busy. I'm at war. Right. I'm working. Wouldn't be right. Yep. So then David deliberately sends Uriah on a suicide mission. Yeah. And David loses some of his best warriors in that mission. Yeah, that was really dumb. Yeah. But he got him killed. Yay! Right. Yay. So after Bathsheba has finished mourning Uriah, David marries her. And yep. then she gives birth. Because, you know, yeah. that's how that works. It's disgusting. Right. Then Nathan... The, um... Prophet. Prophet. Yep. He comes to David and tells him a parable. Do you remember the parable? Somewhat. I remember that there was one. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but... In a town, there are a rich man and a poor man. The rich man has much livestock, but the poor man only has one lamb, whom he loves like a child. One day, the rich man has a guest, and instead of slaughtering one of his own livestock, demands the poor man's lamb. David insists the rich man must be put to death. But Nathan tells him he is the man. Right. My guy. Can you not do analogy? He can't. This was pre-analogy years. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't. Apparently that was exclusive to prophets, you know. Yeah. They were the only ones that could do that kind of stuff. Yep. It was a special skill. Because they do it again later when. Right, right. The old woman 
the wise woman comes and talks to him. And yeah. She's like, the fuck, my guy? Right. So, um, he's... He's saying you've committed a sin to get something that you already have plenty of, wives. Right. And he prophecies that his family will be gripped by violence and someone will have affairs with his wives publicly. But then next, actually, that, that comes one comes pass. true. Yeah. 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 And his family is gripped by violence. Yeah. I mean, but they were before this too, so. Right. But I, mean, I don't know that that's exactly whatever. Well, I mean. Yeah. It, it happens. His son... He, his own son goes to war against him. Right, right. That's, That's not true. standard. That's true. So David repents, and Nathan tells him that he is forgiven and will not die, but his son from Bathsheba yeah. will die. Right. And the child becomes ill, and then even though David spends his time fasting and praying, the kid still dies. And then once he died, he's like, I'm good. Yep. And they're like, the fuck? And he's like, fasting ain't gonna bring him back. He dead. Right. So, um, they, they mourn him. And then they have a second kid named Solomon. And that's the one that we're gonna learn about in the coming books. Sure. He's also sometimes called Jedediah. Okay. FYI. So right. that's important news to know. Right. So, this is where we start talking about some of David's other gross kids. Amon, David's son by... Uh, Hinoam um, fell in love with his half-sister Tamar. Right. David's daughter by Makkah. Yeah. So um, Amnon's advisor suggests he pretend to be ill. Right. To get Tamar to come in and make bread for him so he can eat out of her hand. And then she comes in and he he says, come into my bedroom and then he rapes her. And then after he does that, he forces her to leave and is like he wouldn't even have anything to do with her. Right. So he just basically ruined her. Yep. He's disgusting. So she rips her gown, which had symbolized that she was a virgin, and puts ashes on her hands and walks around wailing. Yep. Which, you know, mental health is a thing. Right, so, right. So Tamar's brother, sorry, I just, like, stuttered just then. <laughs> but Tamar's brother, Absalom... And David both learn about this, and they become angry. Right. One does something about it, though. Eventually, and, but yeah. I mean, he, by doesn't. this time, but yeah. Yeah. So two years later, Absalom is shearing sheep, and he invites David and all his sons to come, but David refuses to come. Right. But he does bless him and send Amnon and the rest of his sons to him. Right. Here. Here's the rapist and all my other kids. Gross. Yep. So Absalom holds a feast and gets Amnon drunk. He then instructs his servants to kill Amnon in revenge for his rape of Tamar. I think that there should be a story about Tamar. Because yeah. she does she not... Did, well, just, she just kind of fades away after this. Like, there's not really yeah. any follow-up as to what happened exactly. or anything. Like, so. justice for Tamar, you Right, know? right. David's other sons are disgusted by this murder, even though it was justified. And so they return to Jerusalem. And then David hears a rumor that Absalom had killed all of David's sons. Right. But Jonadab assures him it was only Amnon. It's just it's just the rapist. Yeah. N not the other guys. Yeah. Meanwhile, Absalom goes to live with his grandfather for three fucking years. Because yeah. his dad is a piece of shit. Right. So David finishes mourning for Amnon, and then he considers visiting Absalom. He considers that. I don't even remember him considering visiting. I remember he thought about it. He Joab missed asking him. to come back. He but... misses him. Right. Joab knows. Okay. He misses there was. Him. Yeah. That yeah. Did, okay. So Joab wants to help David. Yep. 
And he tells a wise woman to travel. Here's where we get to the second parable. Yeah. Pretending to be in mourning and speak to the king. The woman tells a story about her two sons, one of whom was killed and the other whose death is now being called for, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, whatever. Right. And so David agrees to issue a decree ensuring that her son is not killed. But then the woman turns this back on David and asks, why then are you not forgiving your own son? Right, David. Come on, man. Analogy, my guy. Yeah. And so then she admits that Joab put her up to this, and David agrees to allow Absalom back into Jerusalem. But he's not going to let him visit him. But he insists he does not come to the palace. Right, right. right. You remember so much of this. Like, I did not remember this until I was going back through it. You're good. Absalom becomes popular in Jerusalem due to his great looks because he's beautiful. Had that beautiful hair and that mm-hmm. like, cut off like 25 pounds of it at one point. Yeah, like, yeah. for something. I don't remember what that was for. But I don't either, but something. who cares? Yeah. Um, who the fuck has 25 pounds of hair? Not it. I just was, you know, like, that's crazy. Not it. Two years pass without Absalom being recalled to court. And all this time, he's getting pissed. Right. So when Joab refuses to help him, Absalom sets Joab's um, field on fire. Yeah. And that gets Joab's attention. Yep. So then finally, Absalom manages to convince him to persuade David to allow him to come to court. Yep. So they go to court. Right. Absalom then begins campaigning. Because he's like, oh, isn't it? It's too bad there's nobody good to listen to you, huh? Yeah. No, he's so, setting up for war here. Yeah. He's like really... He's setting up to take over his job. He's attacking morale. Right. Is what he's doing. He's campaigning to become a judge by waiting outside the city gate. And he listens to the concerns of the people and pretends that there's nobody to hear him. And he's like, too bad. Right. He also embraces anybody who bows to him. But he's like, no, no, no. Don't bow. Don't bow to me. I'm nothing. And right. so he's playing, like... The people's card. The people card, yeah. Like, the populace. Right. So four years pass, and Absalom hatches a plan to get the tribes of Israel to proclaim him king. Mm-hmm. David is told of the increasing support for Absalom, and he decides to flee to Jerusalem. And he takes with him all his wives, except for ten concubines. Right. That he leaves behind. Yeah. And which was they'll, stupid. They'll get, they'll know, get done. raped on a yeah. roof. So, and here we go. Ahithophel suggests Absalom sleeps with David's concubines. Yeah. Just to be a dick. Right. And Absalom pitches a tent. Yeah, he does. On the (laughs) palace roof. And he does it in view of all the Israelites. Because he nasty. Right. David, and and that thereby, you know, fulfills Nathan's um, prophecy. Yeah. David intends to come into battle with his men. But his generals are like, no, 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 no. So he stays at the city and instructs his generals to be gentle with Absalom. But that is not what happened. Not at all. Battle, Though they could have spared him. They, they could w- have. Except for Joab. Joab was like, nah, right. not happening. Yeah. So the battle is a victory for David. And as Absalom meets David's men, he passes under a tree. And his long hair gets caught in the tree. That fucking hair. And he is hanged. Joab gets word of this, finds him, and plunges three javelins into his fucking heart, killing him. So that's death number two. Right. And Joab declares the battle over and buries Absalom. Yep. When David learns the news of his victories and of his son's death, he begins to mourn, wishing he had died instead of Absalom. This prompts his men to start mourning as well. 
And then Joab's like, the fuck? This is not cool. Right. So he points out that the battle has saved not only David's life, but the lives of the rest of his wives and concubines. Yep. And he's like, this is humiliating. Stop wor- Stop crying over people that are fighting you and start worrying about people that are fighting for you. Yeah, exactly. So David agrees and he comes out and he encourages his guys. Yep. So given the sudden change in situation, the elders of Israel begin to argue about what to do next. They don't know. Yeah. Because what, what we're do? not used to not fighting. Yeah. So David convinces the elders of Judah to escort him back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And then a scuffle breaks out because, of course, it does. Because right. they're like, why did they get to escort you? Yeah, that was ridiculous. And so in attempting to resolve the issue, a Benjaminite named Sheba, yep. son of Bichri, launches a rebellion against David because we just got out of one of those. Right. And so all the tribes except Judah um, get into this. Right. So David puts the ten concubines who were left behind into a guarded house and gives them pensions. But he doesn't sleep with them because they're gross now. They got raped. Right, right. So he, he allows them to live the rest of their lives as widows. Yeah, how nice of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm rolling my eyes, sorry. I know. I know you guys can't see that, so. Yeah, yeah. That's like that backslash S for sarcasm. <laughs> right. He then begins to sort out a defense against Sheba. He tells Amasa, the general. That, to amass an army. That he wishes to replace Joab. Yeah. Yeah, he tells him to, to go get an army together. Yeah. To summon the Judahite troops. I guess you could see some of the contention between... David and Joab at this point because mm-hmm. he's trying to replace them. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I was saying. When we were going over, why did um, Joab just murder this guy out of nowhere? It wasn't right. out of nowhere. And right. he, I had sympathy for Joab. Yeah. You know, he's, it's not cool what's happening. Right. But also there might be some, like, he might be just trying to secure, like Joab might be just trying to keep his job too. He is. He definitely so. is. But he... He's also trying to protect the king, you know, and the kingdom. Right. And he can't do that if he's not in that position. Right. So some of it, yes, is selfish, but I think some of it is also for the greater good, you know? Sure. I, I don't know. People will do some crazy things to, and, and they'll justify it to hold on to their shit. Right. So um, anyway, he uh, David tells... Um, Amasa to go get those troops together within three days, but he fails. So then David tells Abishai and Joab to start pursuing Sheba, and they effectively put down the rebellion before it has even begun. But Amasa goes to meet Joab, and Joab stabs him in the stomach, killing right. him. As I recall, they didn't even have to put down a rebellion because Mm-mm. the fucking lady was like, "Hey, hold on a second. We'll, yeah, we're we'll getting toss there. his fucking head over the the tower thing." Yeah, so they begin to lay siege to Sheba's stronghold, but a, like you said, a wise woman is like, why do you want to destroy the city? That's mean. Right. And Joab's like, we don't want to destroy the city. We just want Sheba. Right. So the wise woman cuts off his head and throws it to him from the city walls. Yep. That ended the siege, like right. you said. So Second Samuel then concludes with four chapters that are weird and stupid. Yes, they were. And they lie outside the chronological succession nar- succession narrative of Saul and David. Yeah. And this is a narrative that will continue in the Book of Kings. Okay. So this is not going to get better. Got it. FYI. And that's why when I read that, I was like, oh, we need to do a summary recap then if 
we're not done yet with the, all these fucking people. Right. So, chapter 21 is where we start going into weirdo land. And it's the story of the three-year-long famine that takes place at the start of David's reign. And God explains it's a punishment for Saul's genocide of the Gibeonites. Right. And um, Israel was supposed to have spared them, but Saul had massacred them. Yeah. And so, um, instead of being like, I would be, which is like, that's not my fault. Fuck. Whatever. Yeah, no, we got the seven guys together and yep. for the mallet or whoever it was and yep. um, ex- had a, send them over to be executed. Yeah, yeah. He asked what he could do to make amends and they're like, give us seven dudes. And so he does. Um, he spares Mephibosheth, but he hands over seven other. Huh? He also handed over Mephibosheth. No, he didn't. There was two Mephibosheths. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, but the one that we know. The, we think. Did they ever clarify that exactly? Yeah, it it's Jonathan's son he spared. Okay. The crippled one that was Jonathan's son. He loved him. He spared him. Okay. But he did hand over the other descendants um, of Saul's through the other kids. Right. Um, so their bodies were exposed at the start of the barley harvest. Yeah, and there was the people that sat with them for the entire harvest Rizpa, period. And, yeah, because she was one of the moms. Right. And so then David agreed to take the bones of Saul, Jonathan, and all those killed by the Gibeonites, so those seven kids, and bury them in the tomb of Kish at Zila. And I don't know why that's important. I'm I probably should probably have looked not. that up at some point. Right, yeah. But that pleases God and the famine ends because Yay. we like murder. Right. So chapter 22 is that fucking song. Yep. And I'm not even... No, it it's, doesn't even need... It just it was stupid. How's that? It was so fucking stupid. Done. And then chapter 23 is David's last words, in which he expresses gladness at the goodness of his house. Right. And it tells the stories of um, his mighty warriors and the guys known as the, the 30. Three. The, the three, three and, the 30. and then the 30. Yeah. yeah. And then chapter 24 tells the story of more calamities on Israel where God is angry once again at Israel. Right. And instructs David to take a census. And Joab has reservations, but it ultimately relents. And then when the results come in, David's like, what the fuck? Oh, no, I did bad and wrong. And he begs God for mercy. Yeah. And this is where Gad the prophet, like, I don't know what happened to Nathan, but now we got Gad. Right. He offers David three choices of punishment, either three years of plague, three months of pursuit by enemies, or three days of plague. Right. So famine, war, plague. And he chooses the plague. Yeah. And 70,000 people die. Right. Because that makes perfect fucking sense. In no way whatsoever. Right. And so um, after three days, the angel of death reaches Jerusalem, and he's on the threshing floor of a man named Aruna. The Jebusite. Yep. And God tells him to stop. And David's horrified, arguing that it should be him and his family that are punished. Right. And so um, he buys the land, builds an altar, and stops the plague. And I mean, it hypothetically would have stopped anyway, but whatever. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, it was only supposed to be three days. Right. So yeah. that's another case of why do I have to... Um, um, do a thing that you already set the rules. You already said it would only be three days. Right. So, yep. Um, and that was just like a really weird, odd place to to end because there is more coming. Sure. About this guy. Yeah. So I don't really understand. 
like why it starts in a new book. I don't know exactly myself. I guess we'll find out. I guess. I just, I don't like the way that these are broken up. Yeah. And I feel like if we had done a pop quiz, we would have failed. I, well, I you thought I would did have, pretty good. You would have done great. I would have failed because I didn't remember which parts were in First Samuel and which parts were in Second Samuel. Yeah. I barely remembered some of the stories. Right. So I am glad we did a recap. Okay. Well, that's uh, our recap for Second Samuel and, and First Samuel. Yeah. And tomorrow we'll be coming back with two more episodes. One's going to be the... Uh, You're always wrong. The contradictions. You're always wrong. And the other one will be the... Um, Sacrilegious Book Club. That one. All right. We'll <laughs> see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Hey, wife. I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.